Hello, everyone, and thanks for tuning in to The Broadsheet. I'm your host, Alex Sloan, Ocali News Editor. This week on the show, we're talking COVID-19, bars, and the Stillwater City Council. Last weekend, before the beginning of the fall semester, Oklahoma State students and Stillwater residents gathered on Washington Street to ring in the start of the new semester at the bars. Videos of the gathering, obtained and posted by the Ocali, quickly went viral. While this type of scene is not traditionally uncommon in Stillwater, in the age of COVID-19, the crowds raised more than a few eyebrows. We're joined now by the Ocali Editor-in-Chief, Ryan Novozinski, here to talk about his story. Ryan, how are you doing today? Alex, I'm doing well, man. I'm doing really well. Uh, things obviously, like like you mentioned, like you alluded to, have been a little bit hectic on my end, but I'm going to bed at night knowing that I'm doing the right thing. Well, we, uh, we're glad to have you on the show today. So, uh, Ryan, I wanted to get started by asking you directly, um, what prompted you to post these videos and why do you feel that posting them was the right thing to do? Well, it's a two-parted question. It's a two-parted answer, rather. So what I was thinking was I was sort of just in my apartment, right? I live one street away from Washington Street. And my line of thinking was, okay, I'm going to go ahead and, because and, uh, I hear noise outside, I hear sirens outside. I'm going to go ahead down to Washington Street, and I'm going to go figure out what the, what the situation is. So once I did that, I noticed that there was a large crowd emerging my way uh, right near 4th Avenue. And I was like, this is not even Washington Street, and this is already crowded as heck. So I was even more motivated to go do this then um, because I knew that these types of events were probably going to happen. But part of me was like, this is still really sad that this is happening, and I want to report this. I really, my, my whole goal was just to show this video to everybody out there and to let the public decide on it, you know, like, and, and show that these are happening during a pandemic um, in which the university was already anticipating spikes upon move-in days. Now, I don't think they anticipated this sort of wave that, that was happening because their, t their plan, the Cowboys Coming Back plan, relies solely on the fact that there wasn't going to be parties. And um, so I'm driving down, I'm, I'm driving over to the Strip, uh, and I have my phone in this hand, I got my, my uh, steering wheel in the other hand, and, and, I'm, and I'm just driving 15 miles per hour, and I'm just recording what I see. You know, there was five cop cars there because there was a fight at the beginning of Washington Street right near Insomnia Cookies. But upon seeing that, and the fight was like sort of breaking down as, as soon as I got there, so it wasn't that bad of a, of a deal for, for me personally at the time. It's, it's a horrible thing to happen. But I knew that since there were five cop cars at the one hand, I was like, I wonder what's at the other end. So as I'm driving, I see these long, long lines. And to me, it was something that I just wanted people to see how much this, this town and this university is really almost misguided in their thinking that these parties and large gatherings weren't going to happen. And I don't care that these people were in a line outside. None of them were wearing masks. None of them were six feet apart. Two things that are completely against the CDC's guidelines if you're gonna have stuff like this. And once they entered the bar, there was no mask wearing. There was all large gatherings. And, and it's something that I wanted to bring to light and something that I felt was important for the community. Absolutely. Um, so there's several parts of that answer I want to dive further into. Um, you said that no one was wearing masks, no one was social distancing, and the, the videos that were posted are relatively short. Could you give our listeners some sort of perspective, maybe a percentage or even a number count 
just from your your experience on the strip, how many people do you think were wearing masks that night? I'm not going to give you a percentage number. I'm going to give you a number. Uh, it was three. I saw, from my eye, I saw three. Um, and to tell you the truth, I don't even think that there were people that were wearing masks, particularly going into the bars. I think they were people who were either at uh, Jimmy John's or Insomnia Cookies. Uh, and, you know, I, I, I don't think that they were conscious of the, because to tell you the truth, if I'm somebody who's going to a bar, this is just me, right? If I'm decided today, oh, let me go to a bar, which I wouldn't. I don't think I would wear a mask because I'd be like, what's the point? You know, it, it's like going into um, a volcano, but wearing sunglasses, you know, <laughs> you know, it's, it's something that won't really protect you uh, because you're in such a poorly ventilated, poorly lit and such a dense popu densely populated type of environment that look, Stillwater's not New York City. We're not going around these New York City bars. We're going around Stillwater, Oklahoma bars, which are iconic when there's a pandemic not going on. Um, but it doesn't mean, iconic does not equal big. It, iconic equals just, they're famous, right? The, the strip, the famous strip, we all know it, but we all need to learn to love it um, when this pandemic's over. When, when one day we finally have a vaccine, when, when we finally have a very good treatment for it, um, and, and not have to, uh, the urge to, to go to this, to go to these bars right now during this stuff, because you're going to, you're going to affect people in the community. You just are. Absolutely. Um, I wanted to get a sense, you mentioned uh, spikes around the university. Uh, I wanted to get a sense of the timeline between the videos that you took of these, these folks at the bar um, and the university announcing these cases. Um, I know that I believe 23 cases were confirmed in a single sorority, and that happened after these videos were posted. Is that correct? Uh, actually, so so what happened was there was uh, it was the day before. It was the day before. Uh, so I recorded these on. I call it Saturday night. It was like it was uh, Sunday morning, technically at 12:48. Um, so, but the day before it was the Friday. That's when the university announced that that the uh, young ladies from the Pi 5 sorority, they were the ones that tested positive, 23 of them. Um, and then the next, the very next day, that's when I went uh, out to the bars and, and sort of got a glimpse of all this uh, hectic nonsense going on. Um, and, and that almost added a, a grim element to it because you would see some of these news outlets online, some of the, you know, whether it was CNN or whether it was uh, Fox News or, or where, wherever you get your news from that posted this story they their initial headline was OSU sorority has 23 uh, members test positive in just one house. And then they had to update the stories later on and, and have the information that I had in, in my stuff where people were crowding the bars because, you know, the CDC says you should not be going to these large events. Uh, Dr. Burks, Dr. De Dr. Deborah Burks, she was just in Oklahoma um, and in her little tour across the country, she mentioned that you should not be going to these large crowds, these large crowded events. And it's something that's really, oh, it's not good, Alex. It's not good for this, for this virus. I'm sure the virus, uh, it, the little particles are loving it, but for human beings, it's really, a, it's, it's a dreadful thing. It really is, it's, it's not good. Absolutely. Um, you, and you mentioned how these gatherings would affect other parts of the community, even those who weren't present there. Um, I'd like 
if you don't mind for you to go into a little more detail about what you meant by that. Yeah, so this virus is, is extremely contagious. Um, there was a bar back in early July in, in, I believe it was Lansing, Michigan, East Lansing, Michigan. Uh, and it had upwards to 150 cases that were linked to COVID just from one bar, just from one Michigan bar. So think about that for a second. If these people are getting, going to a bar and stuff like that, they are absolutely willing because even I at this point have my own little circle of people, my own little bubble of friends, my roommates that I'm comfortable hanging out with that I know will be fine because we don't do anything stupid like this. But even to that point, you never know because you can go to class. This, this virus is so contagious. But people that are going to bars are fine, are probably fine with going to smaller social events with their families or, or whatever. Um, and that could definitely impact uh, some people uh, uh, that maybe can't handle this virus, particularly the, the elderly community, um, which we have a lot of professors at OSU uh, who are elderly or at risk and even students at risk, Alex, because uh, to tell you the truth, some, one of the things that I think is a very important takeaway in this is, of course, keep your professors safe. Of course, keep the elderly community safe. But above all else, you can be a little selfish when it comes to this too. You can say, I don't like getting sick. Or you can say, I don't like having heart problems, or you could, which has been happening with COVID. Or you could say, I don't want to be one of the outliers because this has happened. There was unfortunately a, a young man uh, of 21 years old at, at Penn State University uh, who died of this last month, I believe. Um, and it's happened before. There are outliers in every single disease. Like, Sure, some of them, uh, you, you might see some of the Twitter comments, they'll say, oh, uh, this young person, yeah, they didn't, they didn't have uh, underlying health conditions or, or so-and-so, and, or, or, yo, hey, no, they had, they had obesity or, or whatever. But even then, there's still a human life, and you still have to value that, and you still have to understand that there are people that are outliers in this, and, and it could happen on this campus. Absolutely. Um, and you mentioned Twitter there. I'd like to delve in just very briefly um, to the, the Twitter sphere. Um, you have received some pushback for these videos on Twitter um, from students and even community members who are opposed to the new restrictions that videos like these have, have brought down on Stillwater. Um, I would like to give you the opportunity briefly to respond to those people's concerns um, and where, why you feel that they are upset about this incident? Of course, yeah, there, there's a weird psychology thing with, with this, um, with the opposition of, of people snitching, uh, of, of people being sort of uh, a, a police, but I don't, I don't see it like that. I don't see myself as a snitch. I see myself as, as someone who wanted to serve this community well, um, who wanted to bring these issues to light because I didn't see, I don't see any other really outlet going out. Maybe it would have happened if, if I hadn't done this. I bet you it would have happened uh, inevitably. But I, I knew that these bars were crowded. I saw it in the summer. Uh, I saw it, and, and that's when we got the big, the big first spike here in Stillwater was when the, the, the bars started getting crowded, even in the summer. And during the summer when I noticed this, I was like, it's going to happen even worse. It's going to happen tenfold when, when the um, students all come back to class. But what I would say to the people who maybe against my messaging, maybe against me posting this, maybe against wearing masks and stuff like that. I would say, 
you just need to go find a, a trusted healthcare provider that you know that you can trust uh, or, or anybody that you think that, um, that, that is educated on the topic. And please, please, please don't get your news from, from Facebook. I know, I understand this, this um, video went viral via Twitter, of course, but I was really, uh, it wasn't even the video I was concerned about. I, I, what my thought was, was, okay, here's this video. Now I'm going to go report on it. That's what I want to do. Uh, I didn't want it to, to just live on social media because you can doctor anything on social media, of course. Um, but yeah, what, what I would say is, you know, don't get your information on Facebook, find trusted sources, find, trust your, your, the health experts in charge and, and really the ones that want to just get this virus over with and, and, and sort of stay, just do your thing. You know, if, if you want to hang out with a couple of friends, even I'm doing that, you know, uh, from here and there, a, a small secluded bubble of people that you would like to see when you're, when you can socialize back on a college campus, when maybe you don't have a parent living with you and stuff like that, that is all safe activity. That's something I really like to preach, but a bar with, with all of this stuff with Lil John's shots playing in the background, uh, and, and, and things like that is that it just, that isn't it for me. It's not it. And, and that, and it shouldn't be it for, for public health experts and, and the well-being of the community either. Absolutely. Um, well, Ryan, uh, would you like to offer any additional parting comments, thoughts, concerns about anything we've talked about here today? Yeah, I, I just want to say that um, my messaging throughout this whole thing is I just want to keep this community safe. This community means the world to me. I would not have come from Allentown, New Jersey to Stillwater, Oklahoma, um, if it weren't for me falling in love with this place. Um, and that's my, my whole goal in this was to just to keep this community as safe as possible. Keep these professors that I love near and dear to my heart as safe as possible. Keep my students as safe as possible. And really just, uh, I wanna say that I, I have zero regrets, of course, by, by tweeting this and, and getting this information out there, but I, I feel for a lot of the people, a lot of the officials that have to respond to this and, and things like that, uh, I, I feel for you, but, I'm just trying to report the news. Absolutely. There you have it, Ryan Novozinski. Uh, check out his reporting on the bar situation in Stillwater in this week's Ocali, available at news racks across campus in the town of Stillwater. Uh, thank you so much for being here today, Ryan. Thank you, Alex. Following the videos that went viral on the internet over the weekend, local officials have been called on to take action to limit the spread of COVID-19 in the community. Two Ocali reporters, Chase Weems and Jennifer Maupin, have been following developments at the Stillwater City Council quite closely. We're joined now by Ocali staff reporter, Jennifer Maupin. Uh, Ms. Maupin, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, how are you? Excellent, uh, thank you so much for being here. Of course, it's my pleasure. So, let's just dive right in. You've been covering this, since just after the Monday night city council meeting, is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Okay, uh, would you like to just briefly give our listeners a rundown of, of what's happened since then? So since then, um, we have actually seen um, an emergency declaration um, put in place. Um, we have had emergency declarations in the past. Technically, I think it was um, since I believe March 15th. Um, but in the middle of June, they relaxed that. And so um, it was, wasn't until 
just yesterday that they revamped the the restrictions um, through this emergency order. And so that's been very interesting um, in tandem with all of the students coming back. Absolutely. And the emergency declaration that was just released you mentioned that it was a, a revamping after restrictions had been lowered, but it's not exactly the same as the emergency declaration that was uh, initially put in place at the outset of this pandemic. Uh, would you uh, share with us a little bit of what this newest emergency declaration will do and what effects it will have on the community? Yeah, there are actually a lot of differences in this emergency declaration. You will see in a lot of the verbiage, um, it's uh, back in the older declarations, it would say things like um, strongly encouraged and suggested, um, but a lot of the verbiage in this one is saying required, mandated. Um, also with this one, we see that there is actually um, a defined penalty. Um, any violation of this um, mandate results in a, it's a class A offense which is $750 fine or up to 60 days imprisonment or both. Um, so that's a big difference in this one. Um, but we also see that it's targeted towards bars. Um, so they're saying, you know, 50% capacity, um, no more than 10 people at one table, you know, um, the dance floors have to be closed, all those standing areas are closed. Um, so that's kind of what we're seeing with this one. Absolutely. And as part of your reporting, you've spoken to city council members, you've spoken to bar owners, you've spoken to students. I'd like to, to go through those groups and kind of get your sense of where they're at as an aggregate. Um, let's, let's go ahead and start with city council because you mentioned that the, the language in this newest emergency declaration is stricter than it has been in previous declarations. Do you think that that is a signal from the city council that they're getting more serious on this issue? And what did they have to say whenever you spoke to some of them uh, for part of your reporting? Yes, it definitely seems like they are trying to be a little more strict. Um, I heard from um, both Vice Mayor um, Darlington and Councilwoman, I believe it was Zanotti. Um, they both said that yeah they're walking a very fine line in trying to keep the bars open for economic purposes while also you know keeping everyone safe of course um and they they said that you know they're afraid to push all of these if they close the bars they're afraid to push everybody to off campus or um to private houses for parties and everything you know so um they're really trying to find this middle ground and it's clear that they know that they can't make everyone happy. <laughs> um, both the mayor and um, council members Zanotti said that the, the, the first thing they said when I said, how are you feeling? They said they were tired. And so it's very clear that they um, have been pulled in many directions and are trying to find a very difficult middle ground. Absolutely. Um, I'd like to move on now to the, the bar owners. I right. know that you included at, at least one bar owner's perspective in your, your first article on this issue, and uh, I'm not sure, have you spoken to any others uh, since then? I haven't been able to today because it looks like, um, you know, I saw that the union closed to try to revamp this, um, and 
while I was working on it, you know, bars don't open until like five or six. So <laughs> I wasn't able to get in touch with anybody else today. But um, it was interesting to see that a lot of those bars closed tonight to make sure to have those regulations up to date. Well, that's certainly an interesting development. Um, you did speak to Javier Cervantes, owner of College Bar and the Stonewall. Is that correct? Yep. Okay, and what did what did he have to say about this this ongoing situation? Um, you know, he said that he's pretty much. Um, I asked them like, you know, if because when I talked to him, it was before this was released. So I asked him, you know, if they mandate this fifty percent capacity and um, seating only, how would that affect you? And you know, he said that they've been doing that since the very first mandate, and that they haven't changed it. Um, so he said that it wouldn't affect them too much, but you know, the, the most impactful thing that he said that really stuck with me is he said, you know, it sucks to do the right thing. And um, sometimes it's, you gotta go out of your way and you gotta do something that's a little uncomfortable, but he recognized that, you know, if he follows these guidelines now, it means he'll still have employees later on and they won't all be sick or without a job, you know, um, so it really seems that he is trying his best to um, follow these crazy times. Absolutely. And we appreciate him offering his perspective for your article. Um, so the perhaps the most interesting and very reaction uh, has come from students and, and bar patrons of the city of Stillwater. Uh, have you been able to connect with any of them and what have they been telling you about this new emergency declaration? You know, I've, I've talked to some people, um, some of the students are saying, you know, they're like, this isn't going to stop people from partying, like they don't, a lot of students are, feel like it won't be mandated well or it won't be enforced. Um, they were saying like, what are the, the bartenders going to be babysitters now, you know, or are they going to have to hire more security? Um, so it just seems like there's um, a lot of confusion among the students because of some of this inconsistency from what we've been hearing. You know, some people think that they can't go out at all. Some students um, think that there's absolutely nothing to worry about and they're paying for college and they're paying for the experience, so they should be able to go out to the bars. Um, so it's really a mixed reaction um, and it, it seems like there's little to no consistency. You know, you would expect, if you would expect uh, maybe the majority to feel one way or the other, but it, it really doesn't seem that way. Absolutely. Um, now, you, one of your fellow reporter, Mr. Chase Weems, uh, did a story about this Monday City Night Council meeting, and he, in his story, mentioned that uh, City Manager Norman McNichol actually gave a similar reason that you just described there with that student reaction for not entirely closing the bars. Uh, quoting the story now, McNichol argued that shutting down the bars could be one of the worst things the city could do. He said it would drive those parties to private property where the city has less authority. And I wanted to ask you, uh, from your conversations with students, have any of them expressed intentions similar to that that makes you think that that might become an issue even with this less strict emergency declaration as opposed to, you know, closing the bars entirely? I spoke to a senior student, um, his name is Grayson Wolf, 
and he said that he thinks that these restrictions are ineffective at best and he said that he thinks there's going to be a huge increase in house parties in response to this so it's kind of interesting to see that the council members are advocating for this because they think it will reduce house parties but students are saying that if you put one more restriction, like, of course, they're going to go off campus where they don't even have to wear a mask. You're going to tell them that they have to sit down and they can't go stand by other tables and all of those things. So it really sounds like the students um, are expecting there to be an increase in house parties. And, you know, of course, with weed stock happening this weekend, um, the response to that is also mixed. You know, some people are like, we didn't get calf fry. We want to go here. Um, and other people are like, that's absolutely crazy. Like, why would anybody think that that would be a good idea right now? Um, so yeah. You've been describing a lot of students who are upset with this declaration. I just want to make sure, have you talked to any students who are supportive or uh, even more ambivalent to the new regulations? Yeah, um, it's, there's no one who, there's definitely no one who thinks that it's going to be the end all, save everybody, fix everything, you know, um, right. and the most positive reactions I've seen is like, yeah, this is great, it's going in the right direction, but this is so little, so late, like, you're going to bring all these kids here, they've been here for the weekend, you know, sororities, even though they were online, they went out to the strip, and fraternities, not to single anybody out, um, but it's just like, how, how did we not know this was gonna happen is what I've been hearing. Everybody's like, this should have been done before anybody came back to Stillwater, you know? Interesting, interesting. You wouldn't happen to know the implementation date for this new emergency declaration off the top of your head, would you? Um, I have it pulled up. I, it's, I believe they said it was Wednesday, let's see. Yeah, it was last night at 12.01 a.m. Wow. Okay. So it, it, we are currently under the emergency regulations. Right. And that's what, that, it was a little confusing, you know, because he said he was going to release it last night. And on the document, it says, uh, the title of it says August 18th, but everything in it says August 19th. So it's like, can we not even clear that up, you know? <laughs> well, uh, Ms. Moppin, we've really appreciated the reporting that you've done on this issue. Uh, are, there any other, are, there, are there any other aspects of this, this story that you found particularly interesting or, or worth mentioning at this point? You know, I think the only thing that um, hasn't been brought up is, you know, the school's perspective. And I don't know if you saw tonight, there was um, an email that President Hargis just sent out saying, um, I can pull that up. But basically, he's saying that if you go to any of these large social events, um, you have to quarantine for 14 days and get tested. Um, again, not sure how that's going to be implemented. Um, but it, it, it's interesting to see this kind of role that President Hargis is playing in just kind of being the disappointed dad and kind of trying to, I don't know, I don't even want to say shame people into doing what's right um but it's very interesting to see that role as well and he's trying to play on you know if we want to stay on campus we have to follow these regulations and um so to have the city put this mandate in and president hargis you know kind of urging us in a way um it's a very interesting dynamic everybody that was 
Jenny Moffin. You can check out her coverage of the events ongoing in the Stillwater City Council in this week's edition of the Ocali. Available everywhere on campus at a newsstand near you. Uh, Ms. Moffin, thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you for having me. That's all we have time for this week, but we'll be back next Friday with more. If you'd like more information on one of the stories we've covered today, grab this week's edition of the Ocali from one of our on-campus newsstands. For the latest news any day of the week, check out our website at www.ocali.com. Thanks again to our reporters for joining us today. Thanks again to everyone who took the time to speak to the Ocali this week. And thanks again to you for listening. We hope you'll join us again next Friday to get all caught up on Stillwater's News.